Welcome everybody to West Nottingham Academy's podcast series on climate change. Our first podcast, Climate Change in 140 Characters, deals with how social media either helps to address the challenge of climate change or detracts from addressing the challenge of climate change. I am Virginia Kennedy. I am Director of Sustainability Programs and Curriculum and Chair of the English Department here at West Nottingham. And I'm with a bunch of really cool people who are now going to introduce themselves. So I'm Laura Hart. I'm an English and Bio teacher here at West Nottingham Academy. Um, and I'm really looking forward to discussing the way that social media interacts with our conversations and um, kind of facilitates conversations that we have. I'm Anaya Gibson. I'm a student at WNA. I'm a junior and I'm from North New Jersey. My name is Max Shiner, and I am a senior at West Nottingham Academy, and I am from Newark, uh, Delaware. Hi guys, I am Ariana from Croatia, and I am a junior at West Nottingham. Okay, so <clears throat> for the next 30 minutes, we're going to be talking about social media and climate change. Ariana, why don't you get <laughs> us started? <laughs> so, um, as we were preparing for this podcast for a month or so, I was really interested interested in this topic because um, we are all a part of this 20, 21st century uh, generation and social media is our platform to discuss various topics. So to start off this conversation, I would like to uh, talk about the topics that we discuss in social media. How much do you engage in conversations about climate change or how much do you just use it for fun? Uh, personally? I use social media for both. I think it's, before I came to West Nottingham Academy, I didn't know that much about climate change, global warming, anything pretty much to do with the environment. I just was very unaware of it. Once I've come here, I've started to use my social media to help me because I'm on it to talk with friends, to communicate just with my family and friends pretty much overall. But I've used it so I follow different platforms to tell me what's happening with the environment so I can stay up to date with everything that's happening. For me, I know that I usually just go on social media for fun, but I'll see things about global warming or climate change and then that sparks my interest, so then I end up seeing a lot more posts about it and then engaging in petitions and stuff like that just to, you know, see what's happening around the world and not just in my own, like, community. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely use it for both. And I think it depends on the platform as well. For example, Twitter is more... Um, business oriented so I personally don't tweet anything but I follow institutions such as UN climate change uh, platform or anything similar to that and they post different um, ideas and promote different um, challenges uh, to schools but also Instagram and Facebook are not maybe so interested in posting about um, climate change so what do you think about that well I know for me, Instagram is my main source when it comes to climate change and seeing um, posts about, you know, what's going on in the world environmentally. As I see more posts about, oh, this is happening around here, here, and then you end up going to YouTube where the videos are fully posted or going to another website where you c you're able to help. I agree with that because, like Anaya is saying, there's links sometimes and you can press on it and it'll actually take you to the full video and it'll help you understand what's happening and when I'm on Instagram I'm also with Anaya with this I use Instagram mostly 
And when I'm on there, a lot of people do follow these platforms. It's like millions upon millions of people. So I think it's a big thing for people to keep posting about it on social media because if you don't post it on social media, you can't get the millions of children, if we're talking about just the United States, to get off social media. You can't just do that, so we have to apply to what's happening in the 21st century and bring it to the people. Yeah, and way they're changing the ways they do that as well because memes are really big right now, and I'm seeing a lot of memes based on climate change or like this is what's happening to our sea turtles, and they're finding ways to bring all of those like evolutionary things to us and putting them and focusing them on envi the environment. And then in the comments, you'll see people talking about how they feel about the situation and giving their opinions on it. So you know where people stand, and you can see like people that you talk to, people of your age are getting involved in things like that. And I think there's a very um, like very human visual element to social media. You catch people and then, um, if we're thinking like humans of New York style, catching people with that image and then telling that story afterwards. Um, like Facebook is my main social media platform, my only social media platform. And I think it's very much a performative place. People curate their feeds, people curate um, their pages. And so uh, for me, like personal things happen in text or via phone call. Um, public things, right? The way that I want to appear to people is on Facebook. Um, and I think possibly because I come from such, um, I, I went to Dickinson, which is very, very liberal arts, very liberal, emphasis on the liberal, very interested in sustainability and um, the like actual concerns that are happening, things that are going to affect our lives, things that we can make a difference in. Most of my friends are posting these political things. I don't know if you can make science political, right? But we have. Um, so I think seeing what your friends are interested in and what they want you to be interested in is kind of that cool down the rabbit hole moment where you start and then you keep going and keep going until you land on a web page and really learn more info. I'm going to just pop in here with based on this question. So you've, you've all kind of talked about social media in a really positive, this is how we learn things and I'll go to the full video or I'll, I'll, I'll go to the website or it'll, it'll take me um, it allows me to talk to my friends and relatives and um, about the things that I'm learning, um, things that I hadn't known before. So I just want to flip that for a minute. Uh, there is, as we know with climate change, there is a denial movement. There are people who are very invested in promoting the idea that the science is incorrect or that the science doesn't exist to support that climate change is happening. Um, is a challenge and worrisome and is a man-made phenomenon and they are using social media too. So you all in your social media platforms, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, is it a talking to the choir thing? Does social media reach past your own choirs do you think? Are, are you worried about the people who are in that denial camp using social media in the same way? Personally, I don't see people that deny climate change using it as much to promote like people that do believe in climate change. That's me personally. Maybe it's because I follow them and they don't come up on my Explore page. Maybe that's because of that, but I don't see anything like that. The people I follow or the people I see have millions upon millions of views on things like a sea turtle choking on a piece of plastic and people with millions of comments trying to show awareness for it. I, but I don't personally see it as much as I do for the positive thinking of doing something about climate change. 
I agree on that statement. I don't really see anybody denying climate change. There are people that do, but I know for me, I pos- I don't see them on my page. I don't see them on my explore pages. Like they don't come up. You may see someone comment something like, "Hmm, this is because of this," and it's kind of like you know, it's questionable. But it's not something like you can just say they deny climate change about, or they have a whole page devoted to that. I don't see anything like that. I feel like we intentionally get rid of people like that. Like it, it no, sounds kind of elitist, but. When people are like that, I was raised to be polite, right? And politeness is an impediment to getting things done often. So if someone says something stupid, I'm more likely to unfollow them than I am to like publicly call them out for being ill-educated and rude. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I, I feel that, that, and that's a problem because it's perpetuated. You're not stopping the cycle. You're just shielding yourself from it. Um, that's interesting. Okay, so social media allows you to shield yourself. So yes. that's my point. I mean, it's out there happening. That denial is out there happening. Um, I mean, we have people in the very high echelons of the United States right now <laughs> who are saying climate change is a hoax or it's not doesn't exist. Um, so we know that it's out there happening. So if you're using your social media to 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 keep out those opposing voices, are those opposing voices doing the same things? Well, I think it's harder if you have a whole page devoted to denying climate change to not see posts about climate change because now you're going to see the opposing posts that you you didn't want to see and now you can go into those and start reading about why climate change is real instead of denying it and then you'll be able to learn more about it. So instead of being ignorant to the situation, you'll be able to learn more about it. Also, if you have a page that's anti-climate change, I feel like since you can on Instagram, you are able to comment under a post. And if I, I don't know if I have seen, but if there are, like I've seen things like iffy about climate change and there's people under there like pretty much fighting in the comment section saying why is it not real or why is it real? And people are giving their arguments. So if you do have an anti-climate change page, you are bound to have people on there that are fighting on social media to say that it's real. Yeah. And vice versa? I would, say so, I would say so, yes. So on balance with an issue like climate change that you know we all need to address, and you know social media gives a platform to both the people who are advocating listening to the science and acting on it, and advocating denying the science and not acting on it, gives a platform to both on balance. Uh, are we better off with social media or if it didn't exist with a challenge like this? I think it's better because I know for me or personally, if it didn't come up on my feed or if I didn't see it, of course I would know it's real, like, oh, global warming's real when I go outside and, you know, it's winter and it's like 60 degrees outside, I'm going to obviously know global warming is real. But seeing it on social media and seeing, like, all around the world news makes it, like, really, like, you realize exactly what's happening. Like, this isn't just my community. You're kind of more aware and you become woke to what's happening. And then, especially when, like, you see, like, sea turtles or, you know, if once you see, like, animals, I feel like that kind of changes your, your feelings towards it, especially when the albatross or the whole city of, like, plastic, seeing that, that kind of really makes you want to go more into, like, videos of, um, you know, climate change. So then I think it does help a lot. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. Um, it definitely helps the fact that you can connect with all the people ar- around the world. And the fact that people are more honest 
while using social media more than they would be in real life because mm -hmm. they're not afraid to speak up about something they care about. It really helps people to express themselves and it helps them to spread their ideas through the global community, not only in their classrooms or just by one uh, action at home, like recycling. I follow people from Norway, from Australia that have different forms of recycling and it's really cool in, our, in their households. That's just one um, small example, but social media is something that showed me that and it's really inspiring. I agree, and, and you both have mentioned community, specifically global community, and I agree, this is how we cultivate a global community. Um, and what's amazing about it is that it's it's free, right? It's not our journals behind a paywall. It's not what textbooks have you bought. It's not um, what, what kind of information do you have access to. You have access to all the information. Um, and yeah, you have to be smart about sorting out what's fake news, what's not, but um, so much better than living in a world where you don't have that content available to you where you just don't know the questions to ask. And if I can jump in, I want to say, I want to say, yeah, I would say yes now, but two years ago before I came here, I just, it's like, I think Anaya brought it up with blocking people out. It's not that I intentionally blocked climate change out. I just didn't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. So I never saw anything about it. No one I followed posted anything about it. So I didn't know anything about it so but now I like that it is on there so I know more about it and I can bring it into conversations with my friends peers and teachers and in school overall but I like I said now I would but before I think there's just so many people that don't have it on their like we we're saying explore page they're just normal feed or people they follow posting about it so it's 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 a very it's it's a hard topic to answer because if you're not educated before social media, I feel like you're not bound to go into social media and find it because you don't know anything about. Oh, that's interesting. So, um, so I'm, you know, old. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not my natural world, right? And and you guys, it is it is your natural world. It's the world you you live in quite comfortably. For me, it's always a challenge mm -hmm. to figure it out and understand. Um, the way that it operates in the human universe. <laughs> so, but given given what Matt's just said, which is really interesting, um, what would be? So we 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 have to. People have to know this and have to understand it. Um, and there are projects out there that are specifically um, corralling all of the different possibilities of social media to to educate so what would be you you all what would be your ideas on using social media uh, just in our community at West Nottingham for example or beyond our community out into Cecil County where you do have a lot of folks in Cecil County who do not want to hear about climate change how, how do we how do we activate social media so that the education that you're talking about can happen um, in other words, you said it happened because you got educated in the classroom first and then you went looking, yes. right? H how do we get people to go looking um, through social media who don't end up in a classroom, you know, with, with you know, a, a sustainability class? I think you have to hit key people, right? So uh, whether it's, it's through money or great persuasion, right? Uh, getting people at the library to put out books about it just so that they're there if you happen to walk in at the doctor's office, articles being there, um, wherever people are. Um, for instance, I, uh, I have an iPhone, much to my you know, emotional dismay, uh, but we have Apple News. 
Apple News is like <laughs> iffy sometimes, but it's really great because I can curate what I see. Um, if they had suggestions for me, these are some of the key things you should be looking at, I'd be more likely to see it. So I think just increasing that visibility um, so that people have an opportunity to pique their interest, right? I think um, if you're trying to get little kids to try a new food, you have to expose them to it about a, like 10 to a dozen times. I think anything's the same way. Just frequency of exposure creates curiosity. And putting it with things people are interested in, I think that really helps because if I see something based on music and then under it something about environmental science or just the environment itself, I'm most likely going to click on it, especially if, like, say celebrities are also getting involved. Most people are like, oh, if that celebrity's doing it, that means we should do it. And, like, that's the work we live in today. So it's like once you see one person doing it, you're most likely to follow, especially if that person's, like, significant in your eyes. And my, in my opinion, uh, one person really can make a difference, especially it doesn't have to be a celebrity. If my friend or a person I met while I was traveling just posts about recycling or posts about something they did, and I think, wow, that's cool, Like I should post more about this because this person inspired me, maybe I can inspire someone. Mm -hmm. And as I said, I am connected with people all around the world, so if I maybe post something and I inspire someone across the globe, maybe I can make a difference as much as this person made a difference on me. So I think one person posting about something that doesn't seem so significant, but it really is, can make a huge, huge difference. Yeah. I think it's advertise. I think it's two things, advertising and having your friends talk about it, like Ariana said. Advertisement, on my Instagram, I would say probably every day I go on it, when you go, when you scroll, I have sponsored ads, and sponsored ads are things like you don't, know anything about they're just on there because they want to spot they paid money and they can sponsor it so that can I think that can be the same thing with environmental action and just education with them putting an ad on your feed on everyone's feed and then when you scroll it's like you see it one time you don't really care you see it a second time you're still not iffy but once you see it a third time you're like why is it still there like what is this and then you actually start reading and then you understand what's actually happening and then with your friends, when you have friends, how I approach, like when I talk to my friends, I actually really, I really listen to what they have to say because I have a certain connection with them. So when I, when, if they say something to me that I don't know about, I'm gonna be like, oh, he knows that or she knows that. I should get to know that a little more. So because if he or she likes it, I probably would too because they're my friend. So I think it's two things. And I think part of that is even a little like competition-based, that idea that you want to be on par with your friends. You want to know, like, be in the know. You want to know what they're talking about. You don't want to be the one who was out of the loop. Um, and I think that's actually a really useful tool in education in general, making something a topic of conversation that other people want to know about so they can be part of the group. Okay, so um, awesome ideas. Uh, we have just a couple of minutes left, so I'm going to throw out a challenge <laughs> based on what I'm listening to here. Uh, we have about um, a about 125 students at WNA, uh, faculty members, staff. Uh, what would be your plan or program for a very intentional social media push to make sure that every individual from the youngest freshman to our maintenance team to, um, to all of our staff in the business office, to all of our teachers, what would be your plan to make sure 
that all of them engage with following climate change science on whatever social media platforms they use. How, just in our community, could you activate your, this group here, how would you activate social media to make that happen? What are your suggestions? So, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> I think for me it would start with a conversation in advisory. Um, I, I worked in um, marketing before I, I came to teach and there's this real feeling that if people are forced to engage with something and they don't 100% believe in the message, um, their, their tone's off, right? It doesn't feel authentic and people know. Um, so I think a conversation, what about this speaks to you? Is it is it the sea turtles that keep coming up, right? Is it um, you know, how it's affecting families, right? Whether or not you want to have kids because what is our world going to be like? What What is your touch point? Um, and then using that, that's how I would encourage people to get out the word on their platform. Um, use the thing that speaks to you most authentically and speak that truth to other people. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we should definitely talk about something that we can implement in our own lives. For example, for me, for my family, recycling is a big thing. Mm -hmm. Big thing for some people, it's just something stupid that doesn't make any impact, which is okay if they don't implement that in their lives. They can certainly find something else related to climate change or climate change justice that they can do. So if we can promote discussions about something that they can implement in their own lives, I think each person can make a small impact like that. For a big impact. Yeah, for <laughs> each person individually for a big mm -hmm. thing. For me, it's very simple. It's like, it's just asking the question if you want to have kids or not. If you want to have kids, that already touches you very deeply because you want them to have the same experience that you have had on Earth. It's like, if you're saying that you're not gonna do anything to help climate change, you're pretty much saying you're a selfish individual because you're not trying to give something, you're not trying to give your kids or future generations that are younger than you the same opportunities that you might have had. So I think, like with me, I go to camp every summer and at my camp, there used to be, 30 years ago, there were docks and water would come up to it. Now, it, the water's 30 feet back, and that mm -hmm. automatically touches me because I want my kids to be able to go to camp, be able to go jet skiing, be tubing and everything. So when I see that, it just makes me think that they might not have the same opportunities. So it's just very simple. You have to think about your kids, your grandchildren, if you want to have them. And even if you don't want to have them, you still have to understand that you have to take care of the human species because if not, you're just selfishly saying, I only want this for myself. So I kind of want to dip in. I, I just always want to be careful about the use of the word selfish. Um, I believe that it's true, right? But I think it's a turnoff for a lot of people, that idea that like you're accusing me of not caring when sometimes it's that um, they haven't found a way that's financially feasible for them or they haven't been introduced to the meme yet. I think there's always a way to be more sustainable, but that people often don't know it and they feel... Um, they feel attacked, right? Um, so I think just being careful with language like that is uh, is something we can do, and approaching it maybe in a more um, in a more human way. I have a story that we can always edit out if it doesn't go over, but um, I, I like to tell my freshmen this when they're complaining. Oh, like W and A recycling is so hard. I'm like, okay, guys. So when I started dating my boyfriend, um, he did not recycle, and the first time I went over to his house for a very lovely dinner, uh, he threw away a like a glass jar. And I went, are, are you kidding me right now? And he went, what? And he, he proceeded to tell me that like recycling didn't even always go to recycling and, and whatever. Um, and so I told him, if you want to date me, you're going to start recycling. And I, I'm not big on ultimatums in a relationship normally, but 
this was a turning moment. And ever since he's recycled, and it made me feel very powerful. Yeah. I was like changing the world one date at a time. <laughs> um, so I, I think I think there are ways that we can do that, uh, you know, in real life. Absolutely. For me, like I said, I really love animals. So just talking about, oh, this is what's affecting animals and just showing videos of like, you know, what's happening to our animals because, we, you know, the mess that we're causing, like that just speaks to me because it's like, okay, now that where it's not just humans that are being hurt from it, it's like, it's the environment as well, like trees, not like living things are being hurt from it other than us. So that kind of just speaks to me a lot. And then once like I talk about it and, you know, with my friend group, they have other friends too. So then like the friends things comes right back into um, play and then talking about it in, in advisories definitely a big thing as well so like just taking all of those aspects and like putting them all into one I think that can work because I know like soon as I came to WNA like when I go to colleges and I visit and I'm like oh they don't have a compost and I'm like mm, what's this <laughs> yes. like it's just so weird going to schools where it's like recycling or compost isn't a big deal but it's like okay like you can bring that aspect to that college if you go there you know you can make a change at a college if you go there and you're like hey we should compost or we should do this because i definitely go to schools and i'm like where am i putting this food because i'm not going to waste it so that's definitely something that i brought to the table another thing i do want to think about um so how max was saying that idea of um, almost a time lapse right where the water was with the docks versus where it is now i think that kind of visual imagery that stark contrast where we were then, where we are now, is also a great way to engage people. Um, whether it's through, you know, uh, sparing print media or whether it's through social media, that idea of really giving people that visual that sinks into their brain, like that's gonna stay with me. Um, and I think things like that do stay with people. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I think the main thing, what's really fascinating about what each of you said is that you each put on the table something that's, so each of you in a different way how do we talk to our community here? And our particular community here at WNA Advisory is a great place to, to start a movement like this because we're in small groups for a period of time, a couple times a week, and we can talk about this topic from all of the different perspectives that you've put on the table. Um, I think from the drama of what Max said um, about children, about future generations, right to, you know, are you kidding me, you're for that jar away? <laughs> <laughs> to, to talking about animals, if that's what is people are interested in, or, or talking about the simple act of caring enough to recycle. I mean, regardless of whether recycle, recycling has, how big of an impact it has, and we do have to work on it very hard because it has to be part of the mix here, caring enough to do it mm -hmm. is, is a thing of its, in and of itself. It's an ethic, and it's that ethic that's, that's going to be really important to us. So, um, so we've generated some ideas, uh, had some great commentary on social media. Does anybody want a last word before we finish up our first podcast? Max, let's give it to you. <laughs> I'll put you on the spot. Um, to everyone that's listening, just um, even though you might not know about too, you might not know too much about climate change, global warming, that much about the environment in general, you still you should still look at it after hearing this podcast, even if you just listen to a little bit, or if you're just on social media looking at it, it's really important. We have to take action now, because I was watching a video yesterday saying that if we, there's gonna be more trash in the Pacific Ocean than there are actual fish, which struck me yesterday, and that was on social media also. So, like, I don't really know how to end it, but just 
understand what you have and that you want to keep your daily you want to keep everything that you have so don't try to ruin it by doing something I don't, I don't know how to say it, something stupid and <laughs> hurt the environment intentionally even though you know that you shouldn't because like I was saying with the selfish point of view I mean what I was saying is that people I have friends that know what they're doing and they're selfishly not doing it so that's what I mean in me I wasn't before I knew anything about climate change I wasn't selfish I just didn't know anything about it. Our school never talked about it. They never communicated us in with advisories. They never said anything, never showed videos. But when I came here, it was very weird with you talking about it all the time because I didn't know what it was. And I thought it was very weird. <laughs> so I was, and then but after I understood it, I felt so ignorant because I didn't understand anything. I just thought it was just something that people talked about, but it wasn't that big of a deal. But now that we see in the military, like we talk in class, that's one of their, it's like, what is their top three national security uh, threats? threats. Mm -hmm. yes. So after you see that and you're saying that it's the own military that's taking into account, you have to understand that it's real. It's, and science cannot be put into politics. It's science. So I want everyone to understand that it's not, there's no sides in climate change. I, I just love what you're saying, and I, I think um, something that really struck me is this idea that you are doing it partially uh, for self-preservation, right? Whether or not it's altruistic or whether it's for you. Um, and so I would just say to our listeners, like, you matter. You matter a lot. And um, people talk all the time about self-care, and sometimes they're talking about face masks or, you know, just like taking some time off after school or work. But a, a form of self-care, right, is caring for our world, caring for the world that sustains us. I think that's an awesome note. <laughs> on which to close our first podcast. So I just want to say thank you to Anaya, Ms. Hart, Max, and Ariana for participating in our first climate change podcast, Climate Change in 140 Characters. I think we had a great conversation and some really interesting ideas that we will put into action as far as um, using social media to get the word out about climate change and, and knowing the science and understanding the science. Okay, so thanks to all our listeners out there. Um, our next podcast will be coming along in the next month, and it will be the teachers talking about climate change, the WNA teachers. Okay, S signing off. Everybody say bye. Bye, bye everybody. Thank you. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform to stay connected to the podcast. If you like what you hear, rate and review to join the conversations on climate change. West Nottingham Academy would like to thank Armstrong Cable for generously donating our podcasting equipment. <laughs>